cliffcentral.com mm-hmm. It's Friday morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Candace Mama. What a way to wake up. Ah. Oh, good morning, Gareth Cliff. It's always good to see you. You look fantastic. Where have you been? <laughs> I just got in. No, I'm kidding. I always have to dress up. <laughs> no, I love it. But for you, but if you if you. you if you said you if you said you just crawled in now, I'd be like, sure, partying hard in Cape Town. Huh? Wow. Yes, I just crawled in from Sona, the after party. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Exactly. Did they disrupt traffic and ruin everybody's day yesterday? Well, you know, because I live a road down from the president and there's only, you know, there are a few roads in Cape Town. Yeah. And so there were helicopters. That's how I knew that the president was about to go to Sona. Uh, so they have these massive military helicopters. Where yeah. If you look, you can actually see two men just sitting with rifles. And I'm like, who's trying to kill Cyril? I mean, resties, you know, <laughs> like, but I, mean, I don't know. I think you're and right. Then, he's not even he's not even important enough for anyone to want to kill at this point, right? I mean, I just don't get it. And so no. the helicopters were out, and then ten. I know, I counted. I've, I've got no life. Uh, ten armored vehicles were just driving down with the police. You know, so, it's it's funny. Um, so we don't do politics on a Friday. We try to avoid it, but I think it's almost impossible after last night's absolute clusterfuck of a sona for us to not just at least refer to this and i even made some notes about it because i was so pissed off i didn't watch it i um i had things to do like i don't know feed the dog and you know and mop my kitchen floor which is more important than listening to an out-of-touch politician like our president telling us just outright lies i mean it was a it was unbelievable there were people sitting in the room who were shaking their heads and going, and he thought it was, you know, because he's so out of touch. I mean, like he's talking about private health care and how actually the state's health care is even better. He was talking about how oh, they're going to sort out ESCOM. They've had all these successes. And I mean, there were parties that came out of parliament last night. And, and I'm afraid we've got to the stage in this country where we can't, we can't even be honest about... Um, dishonesty. It's got that bad, right? It's become like we have to, we have to uh, uh, deal with dishonesty with like absolute shock and horror because there's just no way to put up with it. It's like the guy was, he was performing a, a script and you, you've been an actress, so you can talk about this. He was like performing a script that nobody could relate to. And it's because he lives in you know, he's a billionaire. He lives in, uh, in. He doesn't even live in state housing because the the government, the president's houses are not good enough for him. So he lives in his houses, and then pops into those when he has to have meetings and things. It pretends he's been there the whole time. He drives in blue light brigades. He flies around in helicopters and jets uh, at our expense, by the way. Despite the fact that he's a billionaire. Um, he travels all over the world. He meets with other leaders who pretend that he's a real leader. And he's just so out of touch that when he talks in parliament and he lies, we just sit there going, are you even in the same country that the rest of us are in? I mean, if you were a poor person in South Africa who was walking to work this morning, or had to catch three taxis to get to where you need to go to do a job which pays you the same as it did five years ago, but you're getting less for that money because transport's gone up and food's gone up and everything. I wonder how you would feel watching this unbelievably disconnected human being telling you stuff that just isn't true and imagining that we're all just going to go, <laughs> right? I don't. I don't know what's happening, Gareth, whether South Africans have become so despondent to everything that the president says, because to me, I think there's such an interesting contradiction between he's a good feel, like he's kind of like Zuma in some ways. No, he makes you feel good. He's not even as charming. Like he's not a nice guy. But he's but not. But he comes across like a nice guy. uh, He he comes across. (laughs) He comes across as a joke. 
He, uh, you say, you know, Jacob Zuma, at least when Jacob Zuma, when Zuma lied to us, we, he was charming about it. He had a, he had a way of being, bringing some personality to bear. You know, I mean, when, when JJ Tabani started his show last night, and I'm going to, I'm going to play this for you because it's the only way that, you know, you can kind of get a feeling for the average and, and, and JJ often hits the mark. You know, he, he doesn't mince his words. He kind of understands how most South Africans feel. I'm just going to play you this clip quickly because this is how he started his show after the State of the Nation address last night. I mean, like everything he says here, and it's a short clip, it's 20 seconds, but he says everything that I think you and I and all the rest of South Africa probably feel. Um, you can't do it better than this. So here he is, uh, the inimitable JJ Tabani on his show last night. Take a look. And and just and you want to weep, you want to like, you want to cry softly into your pillow uh, as you as you try to wake up this morning. Look at this. <laughs> you know, Sir Ramaphosa. You know, I've got a lot of time for him, as you may well, well by now know. But he can lie to you with a straight face. He can lie to you with a straight nose. I will never let this Mm-hmm. That's about right. That's him. <laughs> so, it, uh, you know what, Gareth? I think the thing is, Cyril is like he's likable in the sense that I don't know where you get this. I, I don't know where well, you get this likable no, thing because it's I, I've never no, I've never met a person who said to me, "Oh, you know what? I can't <laughs> wait to I cannot wait to spend more time with Cyril Ramaphosa." I've never met anyone no, who said that. No, in the sense that we had such a polarizing president like Jacob Zuma, right? He wasn't everyone's cup of tea. Some people loved him. Some people completely found him deplorable. Whereas Cyril came in as a middle ground of some kind. In the beginning, so many people were rooting for him. So many people liked him. And all of a sudden, as the pandemic started to happen, he dropped his veneer quite a bit. And the biggest part of that was him showing us that he doesn't really want the job. If we're being no, quite he honest, he doesn't give a shit. He, he never answered any questions. Yeah. He never gave us any solutions. And he would just lie all the time. Like this lying thing is not now because we're going into elections. He's always just lied. Yeah. And instead, what he does with his free time is he calls South African celebrities who are making it overseas and oh. he films himself on a phone call with Trevor like, Noah and How do you Taiwan. like that? I mean, that's, just, that is the only time we actually see him, right? Is when he's doing that shit. Exactly. Exactly. I think he wanted to be a celebrity. I don't think he wanted to be a president. And I think he just got fame through presidency and he was like, well, let's see what I can do with this. You know, so he's performing his biggest acting role. And he's failing, but he's performing. Oh, well, that's coming from an actor, so you would know what you're seeing. I, ju- I just feel like oh, this guy is, he's so um, amateurish. He's, he's like, uh, he's someone who's, who's cosplaying president. You know what I mean? Like he gets dressed, and I don't even know what he does f- six days out of seven. I mean, at least with the state of the nation, you know what he's up to. Because the rest of the time, I think he's, I don't know, wandering around his garden or I don't uh, having having tea with somebody who, who which has nothing to do with the state. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think any of us do, Gareth. No. I think all of us are confused. We we hear through other people, like I'm saying, with your Trevor Noah's and your Tyler's, where Trevor had re- told a story about being invited to Cyril's house and, you know, hanging out and they were having a great time. And not that I don't like this for Trevor, like love this for him, but I think that it does take away what the president is there to do, right? He's there to serve the people, not become a celebrity. I mean, honestly, who gives a shit about a celebrity and, and, you know, bless Trevor, who, who needs to spend time with a president whose entire like history will have two lines about Cyril Ramaphosa. He came in after Jacob Zuma. We can't really tell you anything about what he did because there's nothing. He didn't do anything. Like there's zero on his copybook. Like if you had to write down a history of the of the of the reign of Cyril Ramaphosa, it would be a page maybe, maybe three sentences, and then that he eventually brought the ANC to its lowest numbers in recorded history at the polls. 
That's all you can say about it. I mean, I think that's all. I think it's both Cyril and the ANC, right? We're going into election season. And what annoys me the most is just that the Democratic Alliance, we all know it's our strongest competing party against the ANC. And they're constantly just letting their dirty laundry out. And they're letting it hang for the world to see. Well, and that also doesn't inspire yeah, look, us. For I mean, this is why we don't do politics right? on a Friday. But I, I'm, exactly, so, exactly. I'm so tired of, and I really just wanted to talk shit with you, which we will do in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm so sick of people having a double standard. Like the DA must be held to this standard. And the ANC, if they do one good thing of it, a thousand, then we're all... Oh, it's so well well done. It's like your retarded child finally manages to put one block on top of the other one and we're all like Hercules, Hercules. But if you're if you're perfectly adult, uh, sensible university graduate child manages to get and hold down a job for six years, we're like, yeah, but you know, there was that one time you didn't take out the laundry. That's kind of how we are with the DA. It's it's a it's because deep down inside we have given in to something which I call the soft bigotry of low expectations. And it's a real thing with the ANC. It's a real thing. Anyway, we'll leave it alone. Vyasin does say something that I think is so true. He's not supposed to be a nice guy. He's supposed to be a president. And this is the point, right? So everybody's talking this morning about the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin, which apparently has had 27 times the audience that MSNBC is able to pull on their biggest shows. Let me just double check that so I don't give you fake fake figures here. Uh, 27 times MSNBC's primetime viewership in one interview. And what's amazing about this is that we were told by everyone, including crooked Hillary Clinton yesterday, that the last thing you should do is bother watching Tucker Carlson because he's just a stooge and he's basically a terrorist. And the fact that he is interviewing Vladimir Putin means he should be considered a traitor and not be let back into the United States. That's what Hillary Clinton, let's remember, the woman who caused the death directly of a couple of hundred U.S. citizens in Libya, in Benghazi. Let's just remember this is what she says. A woman who, frankly, should be declared public enemy number one is calling a broadcaster and a journalist a traitor. Uh, It's just unbelievable. And then... She tells us, don't worry, no one will watch anyway. Well, Hillary couldn't be more wrong. As we said, 27 times MSNBC's primetime viewership and the biggest audience ever for an interview on social media. People are just curious because there's this guy, Vladimir Putin, who we've all been told is the most evil guy in the world. And he may well be, right? And they just won't let us hear from him. We, we don't get Russia... Russia Today, I think it was, RT. We don't get that on our DSTV bouquet anymore here in South Africa. In America, they've completely um, blocked all Russian news agencies. You cannot hear anything from their side of the story. I just received a book on my desk today. I actually took a picture of it. Um, and this this came in today from Simon Schuster, the famous uh, mag- magazine correspondent. Here's the book they've just sent me. It's called The Showman. The inside story of the invasion that shook the world and made a leader of Vladimir Zelensky. So this is the kind of propaganda that we're subject to on a daily basis about Ukraine. We never hear the other side. And don't get me wrong. I don't think Russia is necessarily the best actor on the world stage. But they are, and Vladimir Putin is, a master of real politic. And unlike Cyril Ramaphosa and Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau and you know, all these these pathetic cosplaying actors that pretend that they're world leaders. This guy actually is a hardcore motherfucker. He is, without a doubt, I mean, he took out that guy who was in charge of the Wagner group like that. He couldn't care less. He is a, he is a practicing member of the Realpolitik Club. And I just watch this stuff and I think all these other guys are just such amateurs, right? And here is Tucker Carlson interviewing this guy. And people are trying to say, oh, no, you shouldn't talk to him like he's some kind of virus. You're going you're gonna to catch feelings if you watch it. I think we should be paying attention to this guy. Secretly behind the scenes, he has been manipulating all kinds of stuff. And we should know what's going on in his head. And the best way to do that is to get someone 
who's from our part of the world, speaks English to go and sit opposite this dude and ask him tough questions, which is precisely what happened. How could that be bad? I couldn't say it better myself, Gareth. And I think <laughs> the one thing that becomes very well, no, because I feel like I, we, I feel like I went on a total rant there, but okay. <laughs> you Thanks. did, you did, but I think it represents what most people listening to the show would think, which is America's been this big proponent of free speech, right? Like the world needs free speech, the world needs free speech yeah. until the past few years where it was like, no, we get to dictate what free speech looks like. And not only do we get to dictate it, but you get to be punished for practicing any form of free speech that doesn't stand on the line of hate speech, because that's what the big algorithms have been doing, that any question, any bit of curiosity is now hate speech. And to me, I agree that we need to hear from Putin. I don't want to, I don't want him lurking in the shadows and like Mm. coming out, you know, when I least expect him. Let's see what his thinking is. Let's see where he's headed and maybe get an ounce of what his plans are. Because I, I think you are so right, right now the man's been moving in the shadows. And you've just you, been like, oh wow. You, you just oh, you just hit on the on the subject of free speech, which always comes up. And you know, you get these people who who um when you and I talk about free speech like we are now, they come at you with this, oh no, no, but you can't be a free speech absolutist. And that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that it should be free speech no matter what, including consequences. Of course, there are consequences to free speech. But the fact that there are people in this world, Candace, who want to prevent you and me and the people who listen to this show from hearing things that they don't think we're adult enough to handle. They're like, no, no, no. Let us decide for you what you should hear and who you should hear from. Because God forbid you should make that decision for yourself, right? That irritates the hell out of me. And by the way, to prove, to prove our point this morning uh, about Cyril, a little bit earlier and how out of touch he is, Sandile says, yay, stage four. So uh, Carol Jean also saying, uh, stage four blackouts have just been announced. Cyril the liar. So they managed to keep uh, load shedding below stage four just until the speech. And they, they just couldn't keep it together for an extra day or two. They were like, okay, well, the speech is done. Just hit that button because they cannot manage a piss up in a brewery. Well, the timing is comedic. You've got to hand it to them. Like there's so few things that we get right, but when we do, you just Mm. can't help but think if we're living in a parody. Sometimes I feel like our country's just this big, long parody and I'm waiting for someone to pull scene and be like, oh, you were all in the Truman Show. Don't worry. It's going back to normal. But it's just constant rolling of disaster after disaster. Sanele says, oh, the Gareth Cliff shows on Space is interesting. Yeah, we've been streaming. So we stream this show on YouTube, Facebook, and X, uh, and, and then obviously on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else. And um, you can listen to it whichever way you prefer, but we're on all of them. And I think that that's probably the sensible thing. Then you can get to choose how you prefer to listen to us or watch. Uh, Tatra says, global politics is a kindergarten. Yeah, it is. It, it feels like it the, what do they say? The, the, the lunatics are in charge of the asylum, right? That's really what's happening here. And around the world around the world because i mean we look at america and it's not exactly the best place to run to at the moment so did you is did, bad. did you hear so, Cyril, so, so i don't know if you even watched the sono or, or not last night and i wouldn't i wouldn't blame anybody who didn't watch it i didn't but i did hear because again there are all these clips on social media afterwards i heard him saying that there's trillions of dollars that have poured into the country in investment he actually said that. He said like something around the, 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 in the range of like $3 trillion, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I have to ask you. Why? With, no, but with tears in my eyes, where did that $3 trillion go? Like show me which part of South Africa's economy was suddenly boosted with $3 trillion in international investment. How can you lie with, with a straight face, as J.J. Tabani says, on television – with the whole country supposed to be paying attention to you, even if we're not, 
How can you lie? And then people are sending me messages going, is there a state of the nation drinking game? Because we did that once. Right? <laughs> we did that. I, I think we all have woken up drunk. We, well, <laughs> we, when, when I introduced the state of the nation drinking game, it was Jacob Zuma's first term. And we had lots of fun with it because every time he said certain words or every time he went <clears throat> and pushed up his glasses with his middle <laughs> finger and every time he said absolutely and every time that he laughed, um, we would all have to take a drink and people were drunk five minutes in. And in fact, the president even acknowledged that we were playing that game because he, in the beginning of his speech the one year, he did all of those things and they went, <laughs> like he, he knew what was going on and I knew that he knew because his spokesperson had told me. But I don't want to play that game with the, with the current president because I don't think he's funny. No. A. B, I think the country's in a way worse condition than it's ever been in. And that's saying something because, you know, people, again, they like to blame Jacob Zuma for everything. But this guy has been, it's almost as if, it's almost as if he, on purpose, Someone has given him like a secret directive. His directive is to play the president of South Africa, but his secret directive is to make things as bad as possible. It's the only way I could understand it, right? Well, the reason I said why, why would he announce three trillion when he knows it's going to disappear and he knows we're going to ask questions? Like it never makes sense right. to me because money comes into the country all the right. time. No South African is under the delusion that no one's investing in the country. Well, what we do want to know is where is the money going? Because it's clearly not going to textbooks. It's not going to fixing the roads. It's not going no. to crime prevention. But, it's but, not but, going but even the infrastructure, like where's it going? But even the question you know? of like if there is investment or not, I don't believe that there's that much investment coming into the country. I don't even think it's a tenth of what he said in his speech because the main reason people would invest in a country is because they know there's stability. The last thing investors want is instability. And this guy cannot guarantee stability at all. By the way, you look so great in that lighting, I just have to say. Look at this. What <laughs> Thank a vision. You, what a vision. Well, the sun thing. is rising. So it's not me. It's the sun. The well, sun's doing its thing. The sun's coming. <laughs> sun, shi sun shines on you. Listen, I didn't mean to bring you on here. I didn't mean to bring you on here for 24 minutes. Shit all over our conversation with politics. But here we are. All right. So. I've got to. I've got to ask you. By the way, you have. Um, you've got off Twitter. I did. I did. And you know what? It was before everyone started dumping on Elon Musk. I do not have issues with Elon. Yeah. But the truth is, I do have issues with the people that tend to be on Twitter. Oh my God! Yes. You know, it's just I was so sick of not being able to control the algorithm of the kind mm -hmm. of information I was being fed, right. and just people say the craziest things with no account or responsibility. And when the person they saying it about, you know, says, well, this isn't true because this is true. All they have to do is just delete the tweet and move on with their lives. So that's why I left Twitter, not because of any like moral thing. Okay. No, I'm just, just I'm curious because, because Ryan said to me, he was, he, he wanted to add your Twitter uh, kind of handle to this. And then you said to him, ah, I'm not on there anymore. Don't waste your time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a morally righteous thing to do. It was just I couldn't handle it anymore. Oh, so listen, the other thing is um, I I had a conversation just this week with someone about Ozempic. Uh, he's he's a doctor, a friend of mine, and everybody I – know, I know four people who are already on this stuff and have been for a while. They tell me the results are stupendous. They, I mean, they look good. So clearly they're not making it up. But Ozempic, for those people who don't know, is the it's the it's diabetic medicine essentially. But people take the the little pen and give themselves the injection. I think it's what once a day for X number of days or whatever. It costs a lot. It's like uh, I think it's five grand for yeah for like three thousand to five thousand. Yeah, it's expensive. So it's you know uh, it started in Hollywood, by the way. It started maybe a year, year and a half ago, first time I'd heard about it. All these celebrities were on it because it is, it suppresses the appetite. Um, and, and people are just losing weight, hand over fist. So everybody swears by it. We still don't know entirely what the side effects may be because it's still quite new. And we know it's been used as a diabetic medicine. So 
there's a danger always that you could upset the balance of that system, you know, the pancreas and what it does. But I just, I think this is worth discussing because everybody who knows anything about weight loss or Zempic, anything else, is talking about this 24-7. I have, I've had three conversations just this week about it. Yeah, I've got two viewpoints on Ozempic. So the first one is, I understand I'm not the one to talk about, you know, losing weight, considering that I was born skinny. So I don't you're know lucky. the struggle of having to you're, lose yeah, you, you <laughs> don't, This was not an opportunity <laughs> for you. Me, this was not an opportunity for you to make us all feel fat, all right? How rude. No, this is just a disclaimer so that no one thinks I'm judging them for how hard the journey of losing weight is. But the truth is, I just think that what's happening is a lot of diabetics have come out who actually need Ozempic. And they've spoken about how the prices soared through the roof and it's becoming unaffordable for so many people that need the drug. And also it's starting to run out, Garrett. So they are not giving enough Ozempic for the people who want to lose weight and those who actually need it for survival. And I do think that a part of me just... I'm not good with the fact that people are just injecting themselves with something that's supposed to cure one thing in order for, you know, vanity's sake to look a certain way. So I don't know. People might not like my opinion on Ozempic, but I don't think it's the get, get them quick scheme that people are selling us. You know, well, the pharmaceutical industry benefiting. And Oprah benefited because she said she was on Ozempic. Wow. Oprah's been lying to us. And she was like, no, losing weight, the natural way. Oh, please. No, Oprah, you're on the same thing. Oprah. So she's on the Let me tell you, I blame Oprah for a lot of things. I don't think that she's incarnate evil or anything, but I think there are two major things that Oprah's always lied about. Number one is this bullshit that she's fed to stupid people, that you can be anything. If you dream it, you can be it. Uh, Your best is good enough. That sort of stuff. I really think that that's done enormous damage to people because I have to go around doing damage control for Oprah by telling people, no, you can't be this. You can't do that. You just don't have the – you can't. It's not possible. We've been misled. Uh, she's she's made us all midwits as a result of, of this nonsense of if you can see it, you can achieve it. You know, and and remember, Oprah is a tremendously successful and brilliant businesswoman in her own right. I will never take that away from her. But the fact that she lies to ordinary, unimpressive people and makes them think that they have a chance at being like her is just dis- it's it's deceitful. So there's no different to Cyril standing up there and lying. So that's the one thing. The other thing we'll just leave for the moment. But Ozempic, don't you think this is always what happens? Is like if rich people can afford to shortcut something, they will. And this started off with Hollywood and rich people, and they found as a side effect, as a byproduct of this diabetic medicine that it also helped people lose weight really quickly. I say go for it. If there's a market for this and people want to try it and they want to take the risk, I don't have a problem. I mean, of course, you can lose weight naturally. Uh, You can also go to gym and build muscle naturally. But there are a lot of people who prefer to shortcut it with Ozempic to lose weight and steroids to gain muscle. You know, do what you must, but I just don't think you should be putting it in a, you know, what you were talking about with the Oprah syndrome of she says something and people just do it and believe it. I think with Ozempic, it's the wealthy who've got access to doctors and can yeah. go for their consultant and they can check their high blood pressure every other day. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. They can check the, all these things and make sure that they're healthy. But the ordinary person who's like forking out this 5K a month in order to get this medicine sure. is not doing all their medical checkups all the time. So I think it's just very dangerous especially for women in like their 20s. And also it's not just women, by the way. Yeah, Men are also on Olympics. Right. So, yeah, I just, I think if you don't have access to good medical, you know, oh, monitoring, don't do it. Listen, two of the four people that I know who are on it are, are guys. So, yeah, it's men and women. Richard Banda says it's hard to lose weight in South Africa. There's a KFC at every corner. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Oh, man. Uh, 
And the smile will get you. That smile will always get you. Um, yeah, so Bakabantu, who hasn't been in the comments for a while, welcome back, Bakabantu. Nice to see you. Says it's anti science, anti knowledge. I mean, if you can afford it and science can supply it, do it. And he's right. That's how I feel. I'm, I'm of a single mind with you there on that, dude. I completely agree. If you can find something that, I don't know, it, 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 listen, we're always looking for a miracle drug, right? If they invented some pill tomorrow that made you twice as efficient and twice as clever, are you telling me you wouldn't take it? No, of course I would. Yeah. But it, you know what? No, Gareth, it depends. I think it always depends on the timeline it gives you because no drug works amazing all the time. It works, 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 and then it's like, poof. so I'd need to know what that crash looks like. Does it kill your brain cells? Like, are mm, you, you going to be mean, smart for the rate of okay, time? Is it sustainable? It, it All appears, those things. Okay, so it appears in, in the case of Ozempic, and I, again, I'd love to have medical expertise on this, and I'd love to have a doctor's point of view. I've spoken to one of the doctors I know about it, but it turns out that this the, the side effects and the dangers – are small and low. It's 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 like if you if you try this stuff and clearly there are enough people out there who are doing it now that you can't even find it supposedly in South Africa. It's yeah. so hard to get because there's such a shortage. That um, obviously it's working for a lot of people. So I say let's not complain and worry about it until uh, some people start dying, and then <laughs> by then we'll have figured out some other way around it. All right, let me welcome Ben to the show. Ben's just walked in as well. Hey, Karpinski, how the hell are you? Hey, fantastic. There it is. That's uh, Candace Mama. Hey, and there's Candace too. What a day. Yeah, it's a hey, good how day. You been? <laughs> how you been? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Gareth. Mm. Pretty good. Slightly, um, slightly rushed this morning. Big day ahead. I forgot a few things at home, but here we are. Well, uh, Can poor Candace had to sit through me ranting about the stupid president's State of the Nation address yesterday, which I didn't watch, but I there was enough information online for me to glean. Yeah, I was. That he was watch. just he basically lied and lied and lied. So, but that's what he does. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's his makeup. Yeah. It's like when you buy a sports car; it's not going to take you off road. <laughs> Cyril's not going to tell you anything. <laughs> oh, honesty. All right, and we were talking uh, just before you walked in about uh, how everybody in Hollywood and anybody who can afford it in the world is taking Ozempic to lose weight. Do yeah, you have, I, any, you I have just, any opinion on this? I just never understand this. It's like if you cut corners in life, you're going to crash. It's just it's so simple. This is what Candace was saying. Yeah, well, she's smart. I mean, it's just there's such a joy to actually being healthy and doing things the right way. And don't get me started on that, obviously. But if you just take something, it's like you're just a drug fiend. That's pretty much what you are. Like you, wow. you've 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 got to you've got to appreciate your body. Like your body's the most incredible creation. If you just gave it a bit of respect and a bit of time, whatever you wanted to do, it'll happen. If you're taking drugs, taking these things, yes, great. You know, tick a few boxes. You'll feel terrible in two months. You think so? Yeah. So you think there's always a downside? There's always because, a downside. Just because nothing is for free. Nothing's for free and, okay. and for good reason. Well, it's so, kind yeah, of, cool. it's kind of where you were, Candice. That's what you were saying, right? There's always a, a cost to the cost-benefit analysis. Yeah. But, I mean, we've been through this for so long, Gareth, that we know at this point that anything you take as a shortcut, like Ben was saying, you end up regretting, right? We saw so mm. many health and... Uh, diet pills that came on the market. What yeah. was that one? Tasala Mafuta Futa. I even forgot what the name of the brand was. <laughs> Mafuta Herbalife. Futa. Yeah. Zero, zero marketing budget on that one. <laughs> ah, that's so good. I mean, everyone was on that, and we just saw that people would lose weight and then completely explode afterwards. So yeah. I don't know. I just think we need a little bit more research and see. How yeah, well, this thing can actually like be I, made uh, you, you guys are way too cautious. I'm saying until the first person dies, go ahead and try. <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want. It's your body. Like something's gonna kill you, right? And and uh, Ben and I have had this conversation so many times on the show. Something's gonna get you. So if it's if you drink too much, if you smoke, if you uh, if you eat too much, there's gonna be something that gets you. If you want to live for as long as possible and be as healthy as possible, try to cut out all the bad habits. Try to make sure you do some moving around and some exercise. But something's going to get you eventually. And if some people really, really, really want to be thin, and uh, maybe we find out 10 years from now that Ozempic is terrible for you, at least they got to be thin for the 10 years they lived. Mm. 
I, I just really would like to reiterate the <laughs> fact that there's a more fun way of doing this. Like it really is because then it's stuck forever. That becomes who you are. If you're just the person that takes the next fad drug, you're going to end up doing other weird and stupid things. And then you, then you end up with the those kind of people as well. Then your actual group becomes the yeah. fad drug people. Like, yes. No, that's true. Oh, wow. Did, did you just say that it's the gateway drug, Ben? I think it's a gateway, be, it's gateway, gateway behavior. There's gateway behaviors ah. that we don't actually really touch on enough in life. It's like the Stanley yeah. Cup. It's buying high um, prime from Checkers, which is now nineteen ninety nine. By the way, yeah, it's exactly. gateway behavior. And and frankly, things like plastic surgery too, where you're you're bull, you're trying to bullshit the world. Yeah, right. Well, there's yeah. I mean, there's elements of plastic surgery here. Obviously, as guys, we can have sweeping comments like that. But for women, sometimes it is quite necessary to maintain your integrity and sort of appearance towards things. You could have been disfigured with something. There's illnesses out there. And then just to kind of, you know, maintain a bit of youth. Um, it says, uh, sorry, Justice says in the comments here, uh, yes, Candace is right. Lasella Mafuta is Herbex. It's basically just nonsense. Lasella <laughs> <laughs> Mafuta. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to support that just because I love the name. All right. <laughs> Uh, proper gender says you just have to go to the toilet more often because you, you're full of shit. And if you if you do that, then you'll lose weight. That's the bit of wise advice from proper gender this morning. Very important. Yeah. So listen, um, Candace, Ben came at me with an agenda because yesterday he sent me this clip of um, some pod bro talking about podcasting. No, no, you can explain it better, but I'm just trying to give uh, Candace a bit of insight. She hasn't okay. seen the clip. And he is a pod bro. He's he's, one, he's like he's carbon copy. He's not a pod bro. He is the he takes the piss Who, out of pod bro. What's his bros. name? James Smith. He's probably one of the few guys who's so independent of voice. That's why he doesn't have this hugest audience like the people that he's talking about. But he looks like the rest of them. Well, he all these. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's uh, so, he's a personal trainer. He was wearing a vest and a pair of shorts and no, walk, no, walking uh, around his gym. What I mean is there there are a bunch of these guys who do podcasts, and I I can say this now because I've been doing podcasts for what ten years, right? So I'm allowed to be as disparaging about podcasters as I want. They these are my people. Okay, so everyone's got a fucking podcast these days, and they all think they know what they're doing, and many of them have done extremely well, especially if you're in a big market like the U.S. You can find a niche and your niche could be like 3 million people. So it's tremendously easy to be successful in podcasting in America. And a lot of very average people have done exactly that. And I say, good, the more the merrier. Yeah. But I do think we're getting to a stage now, and this is where the conversation I think should go. And I'd love to hear your inputs on this too, Candice, is like the difference between really great online content, whether you're a YouTuber or a podcaster or an influencer in inverted commas, and average stuff is enormous and it's getting wider and wider by the day. Like the really good shit is like a smattering of herbs on the top of a big pot of stew. But now when you say the really good shit, it's important to understand like what do you class that as? Well, everybody has a different view on this. So yes, exactly. You, there's no, but there's no actual, there's your no view. objective way of, of evaluating this. You could look at it and go, well, audience numbers, right? You could look at it and go, money made. These are all ways to evaluate a commercial enterprise. But I don't think that's all there is to it because a lot of this is also generated by algorithms, people who understand the algorithms, people who put big money into short-circuiting the algorithms, um, working on things like the thumbnails and trying to clickbait people into watching five seconds of it because it gets you a view and then you can monetize that view. But it's all very uh, soulless then. So don't you think it's... Okay, so a lot of this comes back to the fact that TV has died really, right? Think about yeah. it. People no, don't sit down and watch... So, so podcasting used to be cool. It used to be people just doing this, right? Like we do every single Friday, we kind of shoot the shit a bit and we talk about stuff in a structured enough manner that it's not just guys talking cuck. But TV died. So now all of a sudden that money's got to go somewhere. The advertisers mm -hmm. have to go somewhere. So suddenly the podcast has realized like, shit, we can have production value, have mm -hmm. studios and have teams because that money has gone here to make us what that was. Mm -hmm. And I think we've finally got to the point now where it's absolutely turned. But now they need to now 
be TV-like in shows. So they have to have certain guests and they have to have certain formats. And it's all about that algorithm. You're so right. Mm. Like that um, Diary of a CEO. I've, I've never really listened to it, but I believe it's very, very popular. Have you, wa- have you watched or listened to a Diary of a CEO? I love it. I yeah. love it. I think it's good in terms of the kind of access you get to guests. Okay. So I agree with you. I went through a stage of about six months listening to quite a lot of his podcasts because I think he had a really good run of guests. But all of this hits a ceiling, right? So I bring him up mm. because if you look at that on face value, it's very formatted. It's very well produced. It's a it's a show. It's a proper mm. show, right? It's got dramatic music and it's mm. got like these mic drop moments where somebody will say something about being bankrupt or this almost ended my life and then like dun, dun, swoosh dun, dun. sound right. into next clip of him saying, <laughs> but it was all about finding the balance. I mean, and then you get a thumbnail like sitting can kill you and it's all in red and it's like in your face and I totally get that but now it became a show and he doesn't have the high quality guest to always back it up that's why he's got to have sitting as the new cancer kind of thing as a a thumbnail Uh, and then what this guy and the reason I bring it up they're constantly chasing the highs that's what they are they're drug addicts so just as we uh, criticize people who are on drugs or on a Zempic or whatever else these guys are so absolutely obsessed with their their daily clicks, views, subscribers, their numbers. Well, you have to be, yeah. And they chase those things. Yeah, well, of course, it's then it's they've made that economic model to yeah. with which to beat themselves, right? So they every day. And I mean, I used to when I was on radio, I used to stay away from the ratings diaries for the same reason because if you live by them, you die by them. Yeah. And there's going to be a point where someone else comes and steals your audience on YouTube or wherever else. And you, so you've got to keep going. Consistency is more important than chasing the highs of, oh, we got 5,310 on this, but we got 3 million on that. Because then you start making your content for the 3 million clicks rather than making good content. Exactly. You've basically ended my argument, but I'll just add a couple more pieces <laughs> in the middle here. Is that because he's trying to chase all these kind of things, and it's not just him, I'm not just picking on him, I'm using it as an example. But then he has people on there who aren't actually that good. But the reason they're there, and this is what James Smith brought up, is that they have a take on something. Now, what I find quite entertaining is that these shows who are so so hyper-produced, you now get actual experts now basically trolling them and then cutting it down. So they'll get some expert talking about (laughs) stuff. There's a guy called BioLane on Instagram. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but he's a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. unapologetically so, and he basically rips to shreds a lot of these interviews. So you'll get these guys contradicting themselves within the interview. You'll get these guys contradicting the guests from the week before. So they're just bullshit artists. But they have to be because that's what's going to drive the interview of interest. Because that gets clicks from morons. So you'll get a guy like Gary Brecker. Okay, you know who Gary Brecker is? No. So Gary Brecker, kind of, I'm sure you've heard of this guy. He's, he's not one of those like diet fad people. So Gary, in his life of, he was like an actuarial scientist who could predict when you die. And he he would work for these big insurance companies to basically say, well, if we can charge people these kind of premiums on their shit diets and lives and taking diet pills or whatever, we'll get this much money out of them. And then he finally said like, shit, maybe I can use this for good, this information. And I can Mm -hmm. actually tell people, (laughs) you're going to die. It's like he would assess you and do these kind of things. And it would say, Gareth Cliff will die at 73. And then he'll say, you look, Gareth, if you would just do this, this, and this, you'd live to 83. Yeah. And now he's turned full circle, and that's what he does. So everybody had to have Gary Brecker on the show. Right. Everyone, like, that was it. Right. It was like the hot girl in the club for like a few months. Everybody had to book <laughs> this dude. So now, because Gary's talking about biohacking and all these other kind of things, all these other people come out of the woodwork, experts around certain things. They may have written a book. They may have had a different sort of angle. They may have a personal transformation story. And now they are coming into the network of guests that have to be booked. And a lot of them aren't going to be Gary Brecker. And they're not going to be as good. They're not going to be as charismatic or interesting or have big enough following. So now you have these like yo-yo effects of people just trying to cram all this information into you. Oh, God. And it creates a bit of a circus because they all try to sound smart as well. You know, people try to make really like astute points. They even talk differently, but they all talk the same then. Yeah, but well, I so mean, it's a it's a weird therefore, kind of thing. Therefore, you could cut a clip from any one of these podcasters interviewing the same guy, and it would be like interchangeable. So, Gareth, I know it's your. Can't we say? Well, sorry, guys, but no, no, to me, what it sounds like is with the podcasting, 
it's like any industry that is low entry barrier. There's yeah. no barrier to right. actually becoming a podcast or being good at it. Mm. And what that's created is any industry you can just enter with no qualification is going to be an industry that's full of the podcasts that we love and we mm. think the people are incredible and the podcasts that are really trash and people yeah. just want to hear their own yeah. voice, right? And you can compare that. I think the best example would be the Red Pill community, where men just bring on like OnlyFans models and pretend like they're scolding yeah. them, but you think for their thumbnails and yes. whatever. Right. So I think that's what's happening. That's been the popular wave recently of I'm a dude. I don't like how women act yeah. because I can't get one. Right. And therefore I'm just going to bring <laughs> yes. a beautiful woman that I can't get wow. onto this, my show I have in not order seen to this make genre. them feel bad. Yeah. Wow. I think that is such a good analysis and you're so right. I've seen so many clips of these things without actually listening to a whole show, but you know, like they'll send that one of that uh, extremely unattractive, extremely fat transgender Gorlock the Destroyer. Oh yeah, Gorlock, yeah, she right, was yeah. popular for a while too. Right, Gorlock. and, and <laughs> Candace just pulls a face. But these guys, are they're, they're annoying as hell because it's the same playbook every week. It's boring. Yeah. But do you remember when podcasting used to be cool? And like Joe Rogan, <laughs> like Joe Rogan to his credit, okay, it's still just him and that guy, Jamie. He was talking the other day, like, so Joe Rogan made a whole bunch of relatively funny comedians famous. And that yeah. Cat Williams yeah. guy was going quite hard on it recently. Yeah. Like, right. you, you motherfuckers aren't funny, but you just sucking on Joe Rogan's nuts. Yeah. And these guys now all have these shows. And even Joe was saying, like, I was on this guy's podcast the other day. He had like seven people with clipboards in the studio. Yeah. Like they, they've got teams. Right. And it's like a sweatshop of algorithm monkeys well, because, basically just typing shit in the whole time. Because you've got, again, like Candace said, it's a low barrier to entry, but you've got very average midwit people mm. who are, who've learned to manipulate the algorithm because any 20 year old can figure that out now. That's how they get follows and likes well, and often Mr. Beast talked about it. Everybody now right. game, games the system. As they you say. game the system. So a bunch of people who would never entertain you at a dinner party are suddenly getting like 20 million hits on things that they don't deserve because they've gamed the system. That's why I don't ever get into comparing numbers with people. Yeah. On this show, if, we, if you don't like it, don't listen. If you like it, good. We've got clients, we've got, we've got listeners, we've got a community, we've got people who like to take the piss out of us in the comment section, which I think is awesome. Very good. Very and, uh, and we get to have uh, Candace Mama on every now and then. So what a win. I'd rather have that than, uh, than be sitting there you know, agonizing over the numbers and how many seconds in do we have to mention the word us so that someone will stay? You know, how pathetic. So it so is, but it is. Sorry, Ben. No, no, you carry on. I think with a diary of a CEO, that one is a little different because there are going to be different subject matter experts that we might not like, but other people will yeah. resonate with. Sure. And I love that little TikTok trend where it was uh, every time this guy's trying to do something healthy for his life, he listens to a new podcast and someone's like, did you know eating apples is bad for you? And he puts down the apple and oh. he gets coffee. And it's like drinking coffee will shorten your lifespan. And he puts down the coffee, right? Yeah. We're just in this weird information age. And so many people are just following the trends, like you were saying, Gareth, in yeah. terms of when people realize that, oh, the numbers are moving towards this kind of conversation, that's where they run. A big example of that is Gerlock the Destroyer, whatever the name <laughs> is, um, Paul, Paul Davis, like, you know, yeah. the one who is like pale and pasty and yeah. does not look after herself, not because she's not an attractive, she just doesn't put in any effort. Right. And she'll tell women how to be wives when she's never been a wife. And I'm like, make this make sense, right? And the blue pill, whatever community right. loves her because she criticizes women. So it's just, there's so much going on out there. I think all your examples are exactly right. But Carl says, I hate this show. I just come every day in case there's an attractive woman someday. I hit my luck today. So thank God for Candace. All right, we've got to get to some sport, Ben, because it's well, almost look, 7 I mean, o'clock. We can take this topic on forever and ever. I, I mean, there's so many different levels to this, which I find interesting. But yes, Gareth, it's Friday. It's Friday, which Thank means God. it's sport. All right, Ben's got some sport for us. Here we go, everybody. This is brought to you by Superbets. It is our chance to get on the scoreboard and to figure out what we're going to watch this weekend. Candace, I hope you're paying attention. 
Everybody else, I hope you're ready for this. Superbets, of course, supports responsible gambling strictly in under-18s. Winners know when to stop. South Africa's Responsible Gambling Foundation's toll-free counseling hotline, 0800-006-008. Okay, what's happening? Well, last night I went to the SA20 at the Wanderers. What a jaw. Oh, cheers. Nobody had a bigger jaw than Heinrich Klaassen. The big red machine, he has got to be the greatest T20 batsman right now. It's just crazy how good the soak is. He started mm. off slow. He ended up just killing the team, like absolutely killing the Joburg Super Kings. It was quite something to watch. So Joburg Super Kings, unfortunately, did not make it through yesterday. So the final is going yeah. to be the teams that finished top of the log anyway. The Sunrisers Eastern Cape, they'll take on the Durban Super Giants on Saturday at 5.30, the final of the SA20, the second playing of it. I really do love this tournament. So I think it's great for local cricket, even though it does mean that we'd send a 17th string test match team to New Zealand. They will not be playing this weekend. They're going to wait until the 13th to have their second exhibition match where they get taught a lesson by the Black Caps. But if you are looking for cricket in that side of the hemisphere, the world, whatever, the the Aussie and SA women's are having a bit of a, a go at it right now. The T20s, the ODIs, and there's a one-off test. So the SA women are doing pretty well in the ODIs. They are 1-1 hmm. after a historic win last time around. 1-1 in the three-match series. So if you like a bit of women's cricket, Saturday morning, 5.40, you can wake up and watch that one. Also, test cricket around India and England. That'll also only be next week. So into the rugby. Wow, France. I mean, you've got to think like... Did the Springboks take their mojo? Did the 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 butt hurt of just losing the, their own Rugby World <laughs> Cup really dent their confidence? Because they were terrible last week against Ireland. The Six Nations basically is whenever Ireland and France play, the winner of that will kind of win. Okay, uh, It just so happened this year, it was the first game out of the blocks. So uh, Ireland absolutely hammered France at home. It, it, it was just terrible. Their South African lock, uh, Vilimsa, got sent off for uh, some, you know, some fruity tackles. So I would say that the Six Nations are already decided. I'm not just saying that to try to sound like a salacious podcaster, but essentially they are the best team and they're really, really Click great. Clickbait, Ben. Look at me, clickbait. Ireland's already won the Six Nations after one game. But so, so this Saturday, Scotland had a narrow win last week. They'll be hosting France at quarter past four. That'll actually be a really good game because, again, you know, France doesn't have DuPont. Because DuPont wants to be an Olympian this year, which is mm. cool. I just hope he doesn't get one of those cheesy tattoos. I think yeah. Olympic tattoos should be for track and field and swimmers. If you right. you do Bob's last winter, like I know Ricky Fowler's got an a Olympic tattoo. He's a golfer. But Ben, surely anyone who goes to the Olympics can no, have an Olympics an, tattoo? You've got to be an ultra athlete, Gareth. Really? Come with this story. Okay. You, play a, you play a team sport and right. you want to really make a big de- No. Track and field, the ultimate athletes, those are the people. Because they right. sacrifice the most for that thing, right? All the other people have nice careers where they make money. You saunter in here with your little golf game and now get an Olympic you think tattoo. it's a hack? I think it's almost stolen valor. <laughs> it's quite a leap from where I was going with this. Anyway, so France, not going to be their best. But I tell you what, that France-Scotland game is going to be electric. Then we've got England versus Wales. Again, England, new captain unsettled team but solid coaching staff again not such a great win last week against Italy who you would think would you would, they would hammer them Wales young inexperienced team the captain looks like he's still in school that again is going to be a nice tight exciting game quarter to seven on Saturday and then Sunday Ireland are going to be hammering Italy at five o'clock in Ireland in the AFCON yes I know we lost this week so Bafana look it was pretty good uh, it was a pretty entertaining game. Obviously lost on penalties. And if you do watch a lot of PSL, I mean, I don't. I watch enough. I understand that. South Africans aren't very good at penalties. So we need like heroics from a goalkeeper to get through into the penalties. I'm entirely shocked by the fact that we didn't win that one. But the winners of, um, obviously, the semifinals play in the final. That's how sport works. That'll be Nigeria versus Ivory Coast at 10 o'clock on Sunday. But if you do want, want to watch Bafana again, Saturday, 10 o'clock, they'll be taking on the DR Congo. In other football, the Premier League's obviously still firing away. Um, Liverpool's still on top, 51. But Arsenal did bloody well last week in beating them 3-1. So that means they're only two points behind the second place, along with Man City. Man City will be playing Everton, 2.30 on Saturday. Spurs versus Brighton, who started bright, but they're kind of nowhere at the moment. They're at five. Uh, Liverpool versus Burnley at five. Then Nottingham Forest and Newcastle at 7.30. On Sunday, we've got West Ham versus Arsenal at four. And then Aston Villa versus Man United at 6.30. That's a huge game. It really is. Aston Villa are doing incredibly well. And of course, you know, there's different incentives to be good in the Premier League. Obviously, you want to win. 
but you also want to get the top four spot to go Champions League. You want to get in the top six or whatever it is to go into that Europa midweek vibe. So always a lot of incentives to be really, really good. In the golf this weekend, we've got the biggest show on grass, I think is their tagline. It is the <laughs> Phoenix Open. So what happens to the Phoenix Open? Just go onto YouTube, you'll find what goes on here. It's quite something. People queue up at like sunrise, before dawn. It's a big gate. They open the gate and thousands and thousands <laughs> of people just run to one thing. There's a hole on there that I think has <laughs> 200,000 people all, all considered. Yeah, that's, 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 big, that's bigger than the number of people you could fit in FNB Stadium twice. So that's around a par three. So the, it's a tiny little space. And this there's not stadium three, seating, is there? There is. Okay. This par three, Gareth, is a structure. <laughs> it is a, They build a stadium around this hole so that, because I mean, Phoenix is a big university kind of town. Um, people just flock towards it. Like it's a really big deal to be at this event. And people are chugging beers from like 6.30 in the morning. And if you get a hole in one, the place just erupts. Everyone throws beer bottles, and, sorry, beer glasses and stuff onto the, the green. If guys like hold big putts, same thing, beers everywhere. So that's interesting. It's the waste management one that you've told us about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a, I'm looking at a picture here. I just want to put this up on the screen so that everybody else can see. It, they do have a stadium. It's an actual massive, gigantic uh, stadium that they build around a par three. So the hole, I think, is only around 120, 130 meters. Wow. I mean, but this is phenomenal. So all those people cram in because they just want to get boozed. Uh, it's just a jaw. Is that it? Look at this, Candice. This is the. That's one hole. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. Okay, maybe not 200,000. That's 000, beautiful. I might have got the number wrong. Maybe, maybe 50,000, but it's but still it's like it's hospitality. A, and it's, it's just, way more than, I mean, if you compare that to any other golf tournament, there's a standing room only and you, can, you can't see over a tall guy. Yeah. You know, here so they built this. You got that to look forward wow. to. And if yeah. you like the golf on the DP World Tour, they're playing in Qatar mm. this weekend. Um, there's some South Africans are doing pretty well at the moment in that mix. So not the hugest sporting weekend, but uh, obviously it's the Super Bowl weekend. Now, okay. I would get into this, but we never talk about NFL for the rest of the year. So I don't think it's worth it's giving a toss it. to now. Because no. ultimately, your headlines are halftime show, Taylor Swift. Is she doing the halftime no, show? No, she's not doing the halftime show, but, but she, she is, is the yeah, show. She's the show. And I always believe that if you're trying to sell a sport and the actual sport isn't even in the top three <laughs> mentions, it's not really a sport. It's like horse racing. Yeah. You talk about the horse racing. It's like outfits, celebrities. Money to be won. Long John Silver and three strides of a win. Like, whatever. <laughs> long John Silver. That's pretty much a sporting weekend, and it's going to be a goodie. And uh, I think if you want to have a bit of fun on the betting, like we always say. Yeah, well, well, Vyasin says, I need some good tips, Ben. I got a huge tax bill from SARS. I'm so sorry, Vyasin. Mm. That's horrible. Yeah, Vyasin. I don't, know where, I don't know where to unpack that. But last week, I gave you three tips for the, for the Six Nations. All of those teams won. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're pretty good at this. I think the Six Nations this weekend is going to be a bit more interesting because that Scotland-France game can go either way. England versus Wales. Look, Scotland, I would say France are going to France are going to win. England are going to win. Ireland are definitely going to win. But those first two are so hit and miss as far as what's going to go on there. So I would go with that. And I would tell you that the Sunrisers Eastern Cape are going to win the SA20. Okay. I just have a good a, feeling about a, there's it. There's a tip. Because Do you watch any of this, Candice? Have you been to Ben went to live cricket last night? Did oh, you, it was good. Have you got any of this stuff? No, not at all. But it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to sit here nodding away. The only thing that I remembered hearing was Taylor Swift uh, and dying a little inside. Yeah. Uh, oh good. Like, you're oh, not a you're not a big I'm fan. I'm so sick of that name. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone is. No. Yeah, she. How does she uh, end up taking over even areas where we don't want her? You know, really. I mean, she was so. so I saw a clip of her. Obviously, she won uh, another. Most Grammys. Of, she's got so many. Album of the years. She's got whatever. so many Grammys now. I mean, she's basically her one whole wall at home is built out of Grammy trophies that she's melted down and made a solid wall out of. You can always pull Ryan in to tell us this because he's yeah, the, he's a big Swifty. Yeah. But but the reality is. You know, here's this woman. She, by the way, when she went on stage to collect the one award, someone sent me a clip of it. She was so matter of fact. She's like, uh, thanks. She's like, oh, thanks for this. I'll, uh, it's so great. I love you. You know, all the stuff that she has to say. And then she goes, um, yeah, I've got a new album coming out. Woo, it's going to be great. She's like, yeah, put the product in front of the people. Make the people buy the product. <laughs> Talk about algorithms. Talk yeah. about just just clocking over the numbers and the money. Like Taylor Swift 
the world's least passionate human being singing about another breakup when that's the only subject matter she can find for any song. It's just unbelievable that this woman is such a success. Imagine dating her and having an oh. argument and, and just oh thinking God. like, I'm going to say some things and they're going to end up in songs. <laughs> oh my God. That must be Candace. quite cool. Candace though. just goes, oh my God. No, no, because this, this album that's coming out, it has come out that it's about her ex-boyfriend. Oh, Let's God. not forget she's so got a original. current boyfriend. Right? Talk about an algorithm. And Talk so about gaming the system. All you have to do I if you mean, want to sell you want to sell albums to 15-year-old girls, just sing about breakups because they think it's the worst thing exactly. ever. Exactly. It's so terrible. And also, Gareth and Ben, I want to get a man's take on this. She named the album. Basically, her ex-boyfriend had a group of friends um, and they went on a WhatsApp group and they called themselves the Dead Poet Society. Wow. And she named her whole album the Dead Poet Society. Now let's put this in real life. I would, guys, like 16. Yours, I would sue I would sue her I mean, for, for stealing the name of our WhatsApp group for starters. Take some of that money off that <laughs> that smirk. Take that smirk off a boring, passionless face. Uh, it, it, to me, it's is that where the name comes? I didn't like, know that that's where the name came from. Yeah, so it's like the whole album's got like these Easter eggs, which we're all Jesus. tired of. And <laughs> But imagine this in real life, your ex-girlfriend <laughs> coming to Woolworths in a wedding dress uh, because she hopes she's going to bump into you. This is the level of lunacy. Oh and let's not forget, Gareth, Taylor Swift and I are the same age. We are oh, both man. 32. Yeah, well, this is an elder. She's no longer a baby. Right. I'm so yeah. confused. How can you be I'm singing elder. about, how can you be singing? about teenage breakups when you're in the 30s i mean it's just it's like it shows that there's been no emotional development for about 10 years <laughs> no really it's, uh, so well put it's fine if you're 15 and you're singing about the stuff it's even fine if you're 25 but how old how old is she now 34 she's 34 so how 32, 34, how do you get a, how do you, and, and how stupid are your audience to keep buying that you are the same person you were 10 years ago and not flinch well well, the clever thing is this, Gareth. She caters to kids, right? So if you notice that her dancing's very awkward and a little, like you know, spastic, no, like she's not doing she's, the sexy thing. That's just because she's know? white. So she's yeah, but she's also. I mean, <laughs> I think, but, but Gareth, I take offence that because the whites can hire people to help with that kind of stuff now. Uh, they can, and she's, uh, she's still giving us a bad look. Yeah. We do have Justin Timberlake. Yeah, all right, fair enough. All right, listen, we've got to take yeah. a quick break, but I do want to carry on with this because I do think it's a fascinating, like, it's an insight into the culture. The whole world is going through this, uh, this strange desire for meaning, and then there's still these meaningless people who seem to be dominating it in some way. We'll get into that. It's just after 7, cliffcentral.com. Stick around. Candice Mama's with us. Ben Karpinski's with us. And you are with us. We've also got Alan Committee joining us in a short while, so stick around for that and a whole lot more. It's Friday! Cliffcentral.com